0: Hi, I'm Dr. Tamitha Scove, the Space Weather Woman, and you are listening to audio from my video forecast. So when I reference something to look at or to watch, if you want to see it, just visit my YouTube channel or check it out at spaceweatherwoman.com. And now, here is your forecast. We have multiple filament launches on the Earth-facing disk, but is it more bark than bite? The stories and more in the news this week. Space weather this week is keeping us entertained. As we take a look at the Earth-facing disk, look at all the bright regions and all the snake-like filaments all over the Earth-facing disk. In fact, back on the 9th, you can see a a filament in the south. The top part of that filament launches and it looks like it goes Earth-directed, but it actually goes a little bit to the east of Earth. Nonetheless, it could still give us a glancing blow here right around the 13th. We also had a, a a big filament eruption near region 3163 that launched off to the east We'll take a better look at that in stereo's view. And then as we move to the 11th, you can see at the bottom part of that same filament that launched on the 9th, that lets go, and that now is gonna go south of Earth. So there's another missed solar storm opportunity. And then on the 12th, you can see a little bit in the north, there's a filament that lifts off and goes north of Earth. So my goodness, there's so many different eruptions happening all over the place, but none of them are really all that spectacular, and they're not going to hit Earth or give us really any big show. Meanwhile, we have no less than nine active regions on the Earth-facing disk. Only a couple of them are just barely big flare players. In fact, region 3163, that's the region that was rotating into Earth view on the 9th and gave us a nice launch, a beautiful solar storm launch. That region actually has kind of quieted down a bit. We also have a couple regions on the Earth's west limb or the sun's west limb that are rotating out of view. And as those disappear, boy, that M-flare risk really begins to die down. So amateur radio operators and emergency responders, it doesn't look like we're going to have a very big chance for radio blackouts and that's good news, but with all these active regions in view, it definitely that solar flux is staying up into the triple digits and that means good radio propagation on Earth's day side. Switching to our M-Flare Threat Meter, as you can see, about a week ago, the X-ray flux was sitting just below the seafloor, and that meant that the solar flux was doing okay, but it was kind of getting a little bit low. We were still in triple digits, but not by all that much. But as Region 3163 began to rotate into view, you can see right there on the night that uh, X-ray flux began to ramp up, and we thought, oh, whoa, this region might really be a big flare player. In fact, it did begin to perform a little bit, and then Right around the 10th it just kind of leveled off and it began to fire kind of like an old faithful just pop, 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 C-class flares and never really gave us any big flares. So we haven't been getting much in terms of radio blackouts, just kind of a bit of noise on the bands. And now that the other regions, region 3153 and 56 are rotating to the sun's far side, we might see this uh, X-ray flux dip, but just a little bit, the bands may quiet down just a smidge, but we're still with all the other active regions on the earth-facing disc, still going to get enough uh, solar flux to keep us in the good range for radio propagation, and these conditions will easily continue throughout the rest of this week. Switching to our solar storm conditions, you know, we've really been underperforming when it comes to solar storms. In fact, the last time we actually had some sustained storming was clear back at the beginning of the month. Back then, we actually had multiple days of active conditions or even storm levels, and we actually had some clear skies over North America, and so we got some gorgeous aurora that even dipped down into the upper tier of the United States. And then also, we actually had some nice uh, period of southern hemisphere aurora as well. So we had some good aurora australis during that time. Then we kind of quieted down and we bumped back up right around the 4th. And that actually was a view that was more for those across the pond. In fact, we had some clear skies over Norway for a bit and we even got some aurora near Denmark. So that was some gorgeous views, including those also in Scotland. And we'll talk about those later. And now everything is just kind of quieted down and quieted down. And we're really just kind of in a hurry up and wait mode. So aurora photographers, there's nothing big the menu yet you're going to continue to see conditions just like this and if you're at mid latitudes well i'm afraid you're just going to have to sit tight and although the solar storms over the past couple weeks have not been all that intense nevertheless we've had many gorgeous views over many parts of the world and i can't possibly show all of the pictures but i'll highlight just a few we'll start with some gorgeous views in norway there have been some beautiful views in norway And we had some aurora in Finland. And aurora made it clear down to Denmark. And of course the aurora has been viewed in Scotland. Scotland has probably gotten some of the best views over the past couple weeks. And as we begin to travel over the pond, we've had a gorgeous aurora in Iceland. And as we go to the Western Hemisphere, we've seen gorgeous aurora all over Canada, including some beautiful shots in Yellowknife, and we've had views in Quebec, and lots of views in Manitoba. We've also seen aurora in Alberta, and we've even seen aurora during flights over the Hudson Bay in Nunavut. And believe it or not, aurora has even dipped as far south as to come into the United States. We've seen gorgeous aurora in Wisconsin, and in North Dakota, in Minnesota, and of course in Alaska, can't skip that one. and Aurora has even dipped down into the south. We've managed to see it come up as far north, the Aurora Australis, as New Zealand. And there's been views in Tasmania. And believe it or not, it's even made a show in Victoria, Australia. So what else does our sun have in store for us this week? Well, this is Stereo A. It's our partially far-sighted monitor. You can see here's Earth, here's the sun, and here's Stereo A staring at the sun just a tiny bit from the side. And when we take a look at Stereo A's view, you immediately are drawn to the bright region down in the south on the east limb. On the 9th, this is region 3163, and you can watch it launch this beautiful solar storm, kind of this slow release. And believe it or not, that kind of slow release is really indicative of what we're seeing all over the, the disk. Even with all the filament launches, there are these really slow and gentle releases. And so we've actually had several solar storms hit Earth, but, you know, they're so gentle that when they hit Earth, Earth goes, hmm, did you feel something? Anyway, that's going to be pretty much the story, and it's continuing as we speak, so there's not much that we can say in terms of big solar storms that are going to give us some aurora. However, when we take a look at the helioseismology from the JSOC Center, you can actually see a large region or cluster of active regions that's developing on the Sun's far side. We won't be able to see it until it rotates into view in about four days, but it does look like the Sun might have something special in store. Switching to our moon, we are now passing through the third quarter phase on our way to a new moon, and by the 19th the moon will still be about 20% illuminated, so you night sky watchers, if you want to catch those dim objects in the sky, you're going to need to check your local rise and set times. Switching to our solar storm conditions and aurora possibilities over the coming week. We had been calming down from some fast solar wind over this past week, but, you know, we've really been kind of left with unsettled conditions, and these are going to continue over the next few days. In fact, we're really just getting these small little filament eruptions that are kind of, you know, sideswiping Earth and things like that, but they're really not impactful, so it's just going to keep us at where we are. At high latitudes, NOAA is expecting unsettled conditions with up to about a 20 to 25% chance of minor storms storms, but this is easily going to calm down as we move into the weekend. So Aurora photographers at high latitudes, you know, you could get a little bit of a sporadic show here and there. It's nothing going to be like stormtime Aurora, but it could give you some nice views here and there. But things will definitely calm down unless we get some more substantial solar storm launch. Now, at mid-latitudes, we really are expecting unsettled to even quiet conditions, basically normal conditions with very little chance of activity. So, mid-latitude aurora photographers, well, it looks like you're gonna have to sit this week out and wait till the sun decides to do something more substantial. Switching to our solar flare and particle radiation storm outlook over the coming week, we do have 9 active regions in Earth view this week, and several of them are big flare players. In fact, is giving us about a 20% chance of a big M class flare over the next day or two before things begin to settle down. And this is mainly from regions 3153, 56, and 3163. But two of those regions are rotating off of the west limb, so you're going to see things begin to kind of settle down. Now, as far as solar flux is concerned, well, you can see we've got mid range 150s or so that begin to settle down into the 140s. Once again, this is reflecting that a couple of those big regions are rotating to the sun's far side. We do have. Have a risk for radio blackouts but it's pretty small right now and that should make GPS users very happy, but we also have the solar flux staying into the triple digits, well into the triple digits, so amateur radio operators don't worry you've definitely going to stay into the good range for radio propagation on Earth's day side. Now as we take a look at re- the risk for radiation storms, well because we have a couple of those big flare players rotating to the sun's west limb, we do have a slightly elevated risk for radiation storms over the next next couple days, but we don't have any elevated levels right now. So likely this is just going to settle down and be nice and quiet. So pretty much everything as far as you frequent flyers, you're all in the clear. So the space weather this week seems to be a bit more bark than bite. We do have a few filament eruptions that are kind of Earth-directed, just partly Earth-directed, but they're so gentle that they really aren't gonna cause any big impact at Earth. So aurora photographers, if you're at high latitudes, you could get some sporadic shows here and there. It's not gonna be anything like big storm time aurora, but it might give give you some nice views. But if you're an aurora photographer at mid-latitudes, well, sadly for this week, you're likely gonna be sidelined unless the sun gives us something more substantial. The good news is, however, that we're going to have a coronal hole that'll rotate into the earth strike zone in about a week or so. So in the long view, things look a little bit better. Now, amateur radio operators and emergency responders, well, we have a lot of active regions in earth view this week and they are really not all that active in terms of big flares. We do have a a little bit of a big radio blackout risk, but it's not too bad and the noise on the band shouldn't be all that bad and yet we do have good propagation on earth's day side because that solar flux continues to remain high now the big thing is that we do have a a bright spot that's going to be rotating into earth view in about four or five days and that could give us uh, possibly our first big flare player um, that we've seen in quite some time. So we're just gonna have to kind of see wait and see what happens But for the most part things look pretty good for you and now GPS users Well, you know what things aren't too bad for you right now The big radio blackouts really aren't that big of an issue and we don't really have any big solar storms coming So pretty much to your GPS reception all over the globe should be not too shabby I'm Tam at Thank you for listening